Fish live and breathe water, right? Of course they do. Fish are in the water, and we're on land. That's what prevents sharing the planet with sharks from being an omnipresent nightmare. But what if these carnivorous carps could carpe the diem and take a spin on land? The bullseye snakehead stops at nothing to do the two things it loves the most, eating and reproducing. The question is, how do we stop this voracious predator from taking over the world? It might just spell the end of the first part of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy's 50th episode. Capitula 50! That is Spanish for welcome to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes times 50 of interesting animal info. Right now. We're going to sit here <laughs> for 25 hours. Nice. See that, Matt? Yeah. No, but no, we're not. Uh, because I'm Joe. And I am Carlo. And today we're talking about the bullseye snakehead, which is a classic Floridian story in that it's from somewhere else and it's really just making the place worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bullseye snakehead. That's what we're talking about today. Oh, we're not going to talk uh, more about that later? Yeah, we are actually. <laughs> the very first episode, you say, but you don't say, but more on that later. Actually, sometimes I don't. When I, when I says I would say something else when there is nothing that we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> but more on that later. But more on that never. Mark? Uh, yeah, hit us with some knowledge, some taxonomical knowledge. Sure, if you like that kind. I do like that kind. Uh, it's um, about second, second ranked. <laughs> Of the three things from the title. Uh, so death, then taxonomy, then life, right? Incorrect. Oh, But you know it. what is correct? This animal's in a kingdom you know, you love, and are in. Spoiler alert, because I said animal already. It's in the kingdom animalia. This animal is in the kingdom plantae. <laughs> uh, it's in the phylum chordata. We're back to chordata again. Mm-hmm. Class... Actinoptergy. I yeah, knew that one. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. done it before. We've done it several times. This is a fish. I, I looked at it and I had never seen it spelled before, but bony you fish. Said it. Yeah. Bony raid finned fish, I think, is the official term for that. It's in the order Anabaptists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Anabantiforms or Anabantiformes. These guys go for full submersion. <laughs> <laughs> they do, don't they? They sure do. <laughs> um,. The family, Chanidae. Sure. Not bad. I'll, I'll believe it. Genus Chana. And the species, binomial name, is Chanamarillus. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's Chanamarillus. Marillus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chanamarillus. <laughs> I like that way better. <laughs> than what it is. But it is also known as, well, in, in certain scientific circles... It's known as Fishzilla. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, also, the Great Snakehead, which is boring. Bullseye's way better than Great Snakehead. The Bullseye Snakehead is. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is this is the Bullseye. You you think it's not that big? You no, I think Bullseye Snakehead is a better name. Oh than yeah. Great Snakehead. Well, I'm thinking about the giant one or the gargantuan, whatever the first one you said. No, there's, there's oh Fishzilla. Yeah, it's not that big. I it's it's what it does. Not I guess. its size. And it is a pretty big freshwater fish. Yeah, I guess. Um, but we like to call it here now, thanks to me, the Overland Flop Monster. Mm. 
the career canal criminal. Sure. Um, and Slither Cephalus. Gross. Snakehead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, let's, do you want to dive right into what it looks like and stuff? I sure do. Please, please do. <laughs> All right. Here's what it looks like and, uh, and just its general, like, Demeanor. its vibes. Its aura. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's long. It's torpedo shaped. It's a fish. Uh, there's more. Like Taxonomy Titan, Greenland Shark. Yes. That taxonomical alumni. Uh, its head is flattened toward the front, which um, uh, sets it apart from some similar looking fish we'll talk about later. Uh, it has gnarly, toothy uh, jaws. Mm-hmm. Nasty too. little needly teeth in there. I don't have those. The fins on its back and belly are long are long and stretch the length of their body. Not long as in like long away from their body, like will wisping around like like a like a buzz cut that just goes over like the whole back of it, the body. It's not unruly. Yeah. It's definitely clean cut. Yes, but it's long. Okay, gotcha. They're brown with black blotches, and they have a red orange eye spot near the tail to confuse and bewilder enemies. Hence the bullseye. Oh yeah, nice. Are you just pulling, putting this together? Well, I guess it's not a bullseye. Uh, it's, a, no, it's not even a fish's eye. No, it's not it's a fish's eye either. Uh, <laughs> they're objectively ugly. Really? Yeah, because all fish are, except for the, no, except for like some. I think some ocean fish, are... fish canal fish are definitely nasty crap. <laughs> <laughs> nasty carp. Yeah. Switch those two letters around. Yeah. Um, I think that pufferfish are adorable. Okay. Their little mouths and giant yeah. eyes. Yeah, better, there's better looking and worse looking things in the sea. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, but that brings us to... Already? The, the segment within the segment this always, within the show. This always comes up faster than I want it well, to. Well, because I like to do it in the middle of the description because it is kind of the description. Sure. The listener's favorite part of the show, which is brought to you by... One of you, a listener, that is. Oh, so? And uh, you can uh, send your own uh, measure up introduction. Just say, speak, chitter, squeak. I want, I want to hear a chitter one. Sing. No, I'd measure up. Forget about all the other ones. I want you to chitter it. Uh, but today's introduction is brought to you by Chris, who you may know from two podcasts, Play Comics, and Meddling Kids. Thanks, Chris. Excellent work. But it's the 50th episode, so I wanted to do something special. I don't. But want, I, uh, I didn't want the special part to be here. What do you mean here? Oh, it's it's here. It's here today. Uh, but uh, I actually don't have any questions for you. Good. Pack it up. Go home. But, moving on to the next one, right? But someone else does. What? Let's let's hear what the uh, the first question is. My name is Calvin, and I'm four years old. How many balls are snakeheads are heavy? Ask me. <laughs> How many bullseye snakeheads are as heavy as Calvin? My heart just exploded a little bit. <laughs> it, it's grown like four or five sizes. It's very traumatic. <laughs> that was adorable. Thank he did you, well. Calvin. It was a few takes, but he did well. Okay, okay. Calvin. He's four years old. That helps. Yeah. I, I Do you need a hint? Because he did send in a hint. Did he send in a hint? He did. 
a helpful one or it's very helpful okay here it is you can tell me how much he weighs my favorite and was the naked mole rat <laughs> <laughs> his favorite animal is the naked mole rat oh <laughs> now a four-year-old named calvin whose favorite animal is the naked mole rat how many bullseye snakeheads the, would go into such a person? The extra neurons that Calvin has to hold the naked mole rat information, that's going to thats gonna really change the average weight uh-huh. um, we're dealing with here. Man, you're making me really want to look forward to measure up. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is I have no idea how heavy Calvin is. <laughs> um, he's, he's a pretty typical four-year-old. He's four, yeah. Um like I know what the typical four-year-old weight <laughs> is. Um, I mean, he he might weigh. F- does does fifty pounds sound like a lot? I think that sounds like a lot. That's a that's a hardy dog. You don't know the answer. Do you know the answer? Oh, I don't. Calvin knows the answer. Oh, does Calvin know the answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I want to get through this so I can hear him s- say it. Um, how heavy did you say the bullseye snakehead was? It is uh, nine pounds. I actually didn't say that. The bullseye snakehead is nine pounds. Okay, nine pounds, or the the like a large the large end of the spectrum. Nine pounds. That is a very heavy fish. I'm gonna say four and a half. Oh no, that's too much. Let's see <laughs> what the answer is. I'm sorry, Calvin, if I got this way wrong. Calvin is actually forty two pounds. Oh wow! Oh, so I'm like right there. Here we go. Four point six. Bullseye. Snakeheads. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so happy I did service to Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Nice. You, you you thought maybe he was uh, like just a few more pounds. You said you went with 50, right? No, I went with 40. Oh, nice. Yeah, just like two 40-ish. pounds heavier. Nice. He's got a little bit more muscle. Yeah. Oh, and also those extra neurons um, from knowing about the uh, naked mole rat. Listening to this podcast actually lets you learn a lot, and those neurons weigh a little bit extra. So um, if you step on the scale and you notice a couple um, extra percentages of a pound, that now you know why. Let's move on to length. Uh, they are about 31.5 inches on the upper end. I actually don't have a question for this one either, but somebody does. Uh-oh. My name is Julia, and I am six years old. How many bullseye snakeheads would be as tall as me? How many bullseye snakeheads are as tall as Julia, do you think? This is going to be the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's a pretty hard one. Maybe you need a hint. It, sure. I can't say no to a hint at this point. My favorite animal is the star-nosed mole. Star-nosed mole. They they do not like cute animals. <laughs> These adorable kids do not like things that could challenge their adorableness. <laughs> they just, they like skilled animals. Yeah, they like interesting animals. Yes. <laughs> not cute ones. All right, well, she's six. Mm-hmm. You may have seen on the Instagram or on Facebook her relative height to Calvin, because there's a picture of them wearing... Life, Death, and Taxonomy t-shirts. But yeah, so you can see the... What, how tall she is compared to Calvin, and you know how much Calvin weighs, so that might help you guess. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to say 1.3. She is 46 inches tall. Uh, let's hear the answer. That's not, I'm not right. 
1.4 Voldye Snakeheads. Good job, Carlos. <laughs> you did yes! it. Yes. You did it. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Not Julia. Not only did you do it, she knew you would. She, <laughs> it was that confidence <laughs> yeah. that I received through the airwaves from Julia <laughs> that allowed me to persevere to the end and have the best measure up ever. It was, yeah. You got it right and... We had some good question askers. Ah, uh, man. I think we should end the episode at this point. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. You no, do we've got so that. much more to do. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. We, 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 now we know just the relative size of this fish compared to two uh, tiny taxonomy titans. Awesome. Can we do this every time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'd have Please. to start paying them. <laughs> we'd have to keep them on retainer. <laughs> we'd have to keep <laughs> All right, let's move on to their range. There are measure up consultants. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's originally from South India, Pakistan, Malaysia, and South- Southern China, and it can be found in freshwater reserves throughout warm regions. But it's an invasive species in tropical regions also, preferring temperatures above 50 degrees Fahrenheit or waters above 50 degrees. Me too. Yeah, same. It, yeah, that's pretty much... Actually, anywhere close to 50 degrees is unacceptable. Yeah, at least it's above freezing. You're not in freezing water. Uh, it's a notable invasive species in South Florida. Um, it was first introduced to the C-14 Canal in Pompano Beach. Um, it's been confirmed in waterways throughout Pompano, Coral Springs, and Margate. We are in the epicenter right now. We sure It's reported throughout South Florida, though, it's often mistaken for native species like the bowfin, which has a more rounded face, not like the flattened face that the The snakehead has. Okay. If you'd like to see a video of a man named Chris catching, different Chris, catching a snakehead in the C-14 Canal to Epic Music, there will be a link on the episode page on ldtaxonomy.com. Okay. Let's move on to some fast facts. They spawn in the spring and summer with peak periods in March and August. Adults will herd young fish in the shallows of canals and rivers until they grow to six inches. Parenting from fish. You don't normally see that except for in Pixar classics. And this also helps them be invasive. Yeah, because it helps them survive. Being good parents yeah. helps you invade. It also helps that they lay, they they have over like 30,000 eggs inside them and they lay about 4,000 eggs. I'm not sure what happens to those or if that's even accurate. I just saw two different numbers. I read they could lay 150,000 eggs in a year. Okay. So they they might lay multiple times? I think they spawn several times a year. Okay. So it said 4,000 eggs that are ready for hatching or fertilization or something so maybe it's four thousand at a time but they have like over a hundred thousand in their in the in the chamber ready to go yeah ready to (laughs) (laughs) uh they are actually aggressive parents when it comes to protecting their young and they might even bite humans when their babies are threatened so watch out yeah if you're swimming in the c14 canal though you're already lost like, don't go in there. Well, it's not just the C-14 Canal. <laughs> yeah. It's now all of South Florida's waterways. Well, not 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 confirmed. Not confirmed. It's uh throughout the three cities I just said, mm-hmm. and it's been reported in other places, but they haven't been able to confirm those. Okay. It's reported, like, all the time. They just haven't been able to confirm. 
Um, they just show up and everybody's gone. <laughs> yeah. Bullseyes grow faster than other species within the Chana genus, which means that it's difficult to control their populations. They lay a lot of eggs, they have a lot of kids, and they grow up quickly. So it, they they push out of that like vulnerable stage quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, 31 snakehead species are listed as prohibited non-native wildlife by the Florida Fish and Wildlife, mm-hmm. um, which means it's illegal to own them. And they could pose a threat to the to Florida's ecology uh, and the health of Floridians. They compete with native species for food, feeding on plankton, insects, crustaceans, other fish, frogs, lizards, snakes, and small birds and mammals. Yeah, that's a it's quite a re- uh, menu for a, a fish. Re- a repertoire. I was gonna say a repertoire. <laughs> 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 I call a, so a rubber towel <laughs> a rubber oh, towel oh. yeah uh, but there's good news for Florida's native species they are good for sporting um, and they're uh, they've been caught both on live bait and on jerk bait which I don't know what that is if that's I, I'm just pulling this out of the air but I think it's like that fake bait that you jerk the uh the fishing rod to to make to simulate something swimming oh okay um and uh it's a popular sport fish even in its native regions and it's edible according to florida fish and wildlife they are said to have medicinal benefits in their native range and they might even promote healing when you eat them okay Sure. Sure. Uh, it's this kind of thinking that makes the like rhino extinct or endangered. But it's good for an invasive species, so let's eat it up. Yes, but bad for non-invasive species being poached. Yes. In other places. Yeah. So apply it to invasive species. Yeah. Be superstitious, <laughs> but only about invasive species. <laughs> or ones that like are really good at reproducing. Usually invasive species are very good at reproducing. That's why they're invasive. Uh you can buy and sell it for food, but only if it's dead and on ice. You can't have live ones in tanks or anything. Mm-hmm. How can you help deal with the invasive species problem of the snakehead? The bullseye snakehead is only in those areas, but there's lots of snakehead invas- invading other parts of the su- southeastern United States. If you see or catch a snakehead, don't release it or throw it onto the bank where it can wriggle back into the water. Put it on ice. Uh, that's the preferred or recommended me- method of killing it. Take a picture of the fish and note where you found it and how big it is. And then report to Fish and Wildlife, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, by calling 703-358-2148. I wish I knew that back in my fishing days. Did you catch snakeheads? Yeah. I used to live on a lake. Back when I was a kid, and for like 10 years I lived on this lake, and I remember like being able to catch all of these, you know, fish like Oscar and and bass and sunfish and stuff like the bluegill, and then um, suddenly like I stopped being able to catch them, and these snakeheads starting started appearing. So every time I would come to the edge of my lake, not my lake, but the lake in the ba- in my backyard, I would almost always see just at the edge of where the drop off was this big dark shape kind of just floating there looking up Mm -hmm. 
And um, so my buddy and I would go fishing and we, and I was never very good at catching them. So he caught them a lot and we would kill them. That's Cause, good. Because we weren't allowed to, we knew we weren't allowed to throw them back. Oh, so you knew that. But also our lake was very heavily like, we weren't supposed to, you're not supposed to eat anything from that lake because of all the pesticides. Right. So we just threw them back. Their bodies. Oh, well, that's good. Since something else would eat them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have, I've definite experience with the bullseye snakehead. Nice. And there were big ones too. Like, again, I didn't catch them. <laughs> my, my, my friend did. And, uh, I think one of them must've been at least two feet long. They said that, um, the, the, the local legends about snakeheads like size are like insane, but they can only, you're probably only going to get one that's like 15 pounds, but people will say like, I got one that was 30 pounds, like insane stuff. It was 45 feet long. (laughs) It ate all my kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, that about, about 15 pounds is the upper limits. Nine pounds is more likely. Are we ready for this fact, this this beautiful little warm fact to become major? I think we're ready. Okay, good, good, good. Here yeah, we, let's, let's promote it. Here we go. Uh, this Here's where the fact gets major. These guys are tough cookies. And they're invasive species. They, a lot of uh, what's about them makes it so that they can proliferate well. They... Um, they spawn several times a year. They have thousands and thousands of eggs. They're good mommies and daddies. <laughs> also, they're intense. They're so extra and everything. They eat anything they, they, they come across, pretty much. Like, everything's on the menu that is in, um, like, a South Florida waterway. Right. Or um, near it. And, or, yeah, or near it. And they are uh, usually apex predators. When it comes to fish, we don't have a lot of carnivorous fish down here in South Florida. You have the alligator gar. Um, but when it comes to freshwater, uh, usually it's an actual alligator, a snake, um, or like I said, the alligator gar. You mean like a top food chain or, or upper food chain predator rather than like eating zooplankton or smaller like things that's and not smaller a, fish. But that's not a carnivorous fish eating zooplankton, is it? Zooplankton is an animal. Does it count as being a carnivore? <laughs> I, why, why why wouldn't it? I don't know. Um, Most fish eat fish. No, well... Some eat, like, algae and stuff. I think bass eat fish. Yeah, they'd have to. Those gay But I think moths. some of them eat... Pl- most of them eat plants. Carp eat plants. Well, it's like, it's like the... Uh, when we talked about the... Uh, the paku fish. The paku fish, they are mostly vegetarians, but they're not going to turn down pescatarian meal. <laughs> A meal. The meal is pescatarian. The meal will not eat anything but fish. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes that's true. But yeah, so anyway, these guys end up being apex predators in most of the areas that they're in. They don't have alligators. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's really nothing to stop them once they get to a certain length. So they're, they hatch. Um, their parents protect them, and there's nothing that's really going to be able to get to them while their parents are doing that. And then they grow to be pretty big. Um, and then they become... You know, co-apex predators in the lake or canal or whatever. They can also handle like a wide range of pH, so they can pretty much go wherever they want without being sensitive to it. If you've ever owned fish, you know that the pH balance is very important to have at a certain level. Yeah. For your fish. Or if you have owned a pool. Yeah. A for, pool house. For, That's what it stands for. 
No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pool house balance of seven. (laughs) So that also helps them go anywhere. And here's here's clincher number one. They breathe air. I know that we mentioned air-breathing fish in the last episode with the shoebill, but let's go into it a little bit more here. The entire order of Anabantiformes, what did you call them? Anabaptists. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They are lung breathers, quote unquote. They don't actually have lungs, but what they do have are, are complex gill organs called specifically the labyrinth organ. So, well, it, minotaurs in there. Yeah, insert Toccata and Fuge in D minor here. <laughs> the labyrinth organ. <laughs> uh, how, how can you say labyrinth organ without doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lung-like addition to their gills that lets them breathe air. Again, I grew up on a lake that had all, a bunch of these fish, and it was really weird because, like, in the stillness of the morning, the, it just the the water would be dead calm, and suddenly you'd hear, and oh, you'd be I like, hate oh it. my gosh, what was that? <laughs> and it's it's a snakehead taking a gulp of real human air. <laughs> <laughs> That's for us. <laughs> That's all that for us. <laughs> that is, it's such a labored sound. Yeah, like what a life. Have you heard it? Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, so what a life. Well, they can they can obviously filter the oxygen out from the water, um, but they also take in air when oxygen is low. But I don't know why they would have to do it in like a big lake. They should be fine. Smaller canals. But it, in my my lake was it wasn't like huge, but it was you know it was decently sized, and so I figured there's a lot of oxygen in there. <laughs> Did Did it have one of those fountains? No. That oxygenates the water. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Nope, we didn't have a fountain. Uh, so maybe that was it. So the difference between a snakehead and other Anabaptists is sheer tenacity. I'll just let that analogy just just <laughs> peter out right there. <clears throat> as long as it stays moist, a snaky snake can live out of water for four days. Get out. Four days. That's as long as we can live without water. <laughs> That's all. We can live without water as long as that thing can live moist without water. And like, if you're Tony Stark in the new Avengers Four trailer, you're doing really well after four days without water. Are we? <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Avengers. <laughs> so let's wrap our heads around the fact that like you can throw a snakehead onto the water, onto the land from the water, and think, all right, it's gonna die soon, right? Nope. It'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. And it'll be there the day after that, as long as it stays moist. If it rains. And that thing's, that thing's good to go. Yeah, it could probably stay out there for longer if it is if you kept dumping water on it. The Florida Fish and Wildlife would be so angry at you, throwing it on the bank like they said specifically not to. Yeah, you're supposed to put it on ice. Yeah, put it on ice. Sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> Just curl up right next to a snakehead <laughs> on the bank of a, on the shores of a nice lake. So, you think like what? Well. What good is it if it can just flop around helplessly on the ground for four days? It's not really a big deal, but... I, I uh, It's not a good Pokemon move. No. Splash? <laughs> yeah. 
it can use its, it can wriggle and use its pectoral fins to travel, to move in a direction on purpose. <laughs> the, the, the dream. And guess how long it can travel? How far? What's the distance? I'm going to say four miles. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Is it's a quarter more? of a mile. Wait, let me, let me do that again. <laughs> Tenth of a mile. No, it's a quarter of a mile. <laughs> so much more than what you said. <laughs> I'm putting all of this in. <laughs> Good, do it. But still, a quarter of a mile. If you've ever flown over South Florida, like flown into Fort Lauderdale International Airport, you'll and you look down during the day, there is no body of water that's not a quarter of a mile away from another body of water. Yeah. The whole thing is just like sunken with like raised edges for houses. Yeah. So basically we all live on what was once a swamp mm-hmm. that we- was completely flooded during the summer months and was during the drier months it would recede and burn. But uh, <laughs> But the Army Corps of Engineers drained it. In the 70s? Earlier than that? Maybe, probably early, 40s, probably 40s. Don't quote me. It's back when they did stuff like that. Don't fact check me. (laughs) Uh, But they did it with these, this series of like canals. So there's loads of waterways and canals all throughout Florida. Yeah. So that means that if a snakehead's like, I smell some water over there, can jump, wriggle out of the whatever canal or lake it's in, and then just paddle its way over to the next one go in there and if more than one goes in there of different sexes suddenly you now have a snakehead population in that new place yeah and it can tolerate the ph it'll kill and eat everything it finds there's nothing that'll eat it so this is why we have an invasive snakehead problem yeah in south florida so if you're in south florida and anyone tells you don't worry about this water there's no gators in it they're lying because there can always be gators in it because all most of the waterways are connected. And if they're not, gators can move Walk, across. Yeah, move across land. Same sitch for the, the snakehead. Right. It can go like Johnny Cash. It goes everywhere. <laughs> you had to. It's a 50th episode. Right? I had to. Yeah. You had to. But just to, to picture this, this, you have this three foot. What would you say? 19 pound or nine 15. pound? Nine to 15. So three foot, 10 pound fish that leaves the water where it's supposed to be. (laughs) And then just like trundles across your yard. Gulping oxygen that belongs to me and my kids. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, uh, this hyper aggressive carnivore fish. And it just goes to just goes to another lake. You didn't think it was there before. Now it's there. Yeah. And if it takes four days to go that quarter of a mile, who cares? <laughs> he's got that kind of time. Yeah, especially if it's drizzling. And he's going to eat a couple mice along the way because <laughs> they can eat they, they eat uh, rats and mice and stuff. Yeah. They eat mammals on the land. What kind of mouse are you? <laughs> it's a fish. <laughs> it doesn't go that fast. Are you a man or a mouse? <laughs> Kind of a mouse is this? There is a um, there is an urban legend that a snakehead ate somebody's dog, and that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you type in snakehead eats dog, there's gonna be like keep your dogs away from the water articles, and then you read it and you're like, 
It's it's just an urban legend. You should anyway, just because of gators and maybe and otters. I thought you were gonna say bears. <laughs> gators <laughs> and bears gonna oh. leap out of the water and eat your dog. Gators and bears, oh my! What kind of world are we living in? Where yeah, bears can just pop out of your 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 hometown lake. A couple of years ago, there was a video in Coral Springs of uh, river otters coming out of the water and playing with some dogs. It was adorable. That's yeah, that's got to be the cutest thing ever. <laughs> They can also be pretty aggressive, so don't take that chance. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play with them. <laughs> I wouldn't let my dogs play with them. Not true. But a big dog. It would be like Fox on the Hound. That would be so sad for them. They would be the best of friends. Yeah, and then you'd have to separate them, and they would grow older, and one would hunt the other, and then they'd get attacked by a bear, and yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. Is that all you got? That is all I got. All right, so for you out there in podcastia listening to the 50th episode of Life, Death, and Taxonomy, muster up some gumption, flop outside of your comfort zone, and explore new frontiers, but don't invade anybody, like the snakehead in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's episode 50! That means we've been doing this gig for almost a full year. And it means that we're at the end of yet another interesting season of Animal Info. Right. And we want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for subscribing, for learning, and for just being you. We'd do this even if there was just one listener, but I'm mighty happy that there's more than one. Me too. We also want to thank some people who have helped us along the way this year. Like... Joy Poole. And her adorable kids, Calvin and Julia. And Megan from Ona Lit Class. And Bibby, my wonderful wife. And Brian, our wonderful artist, who you can find on Twitter at XNamaru. We'd also like to shout out those people that left us a review on iTunes, who are also wonderful. Like Pool House Wife and APB Finance. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And remember... A new season means new animals and interesting info about them. So be sure to check back here next week for more zany antics and ridiculous animal measurements. So until then, thanks for listening, and remember to tell everyone you know about the wonders you've witnessed here. And we'll see you next week on Life, Death, and Taxonomy. podcast <laughs> that was a good lesson at the end <laughs> explore explore but don't invade <laughs> mr columbus who you can find on twitter at x namaru or zananamaru zananamaru very good, you did it. My my favorite animal is the naked mole rat. Okay, now you can put it on. Can can you say that again? I don't I don't want to do it again. <laughs>